0: Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Better Your Business Show. Here, we discuss your most important business challenges and provide you with practical solutions to help you better your business.
2: Absolutely. So if you're an entrepreneur or an overachieving striver that wants to thrive, then you have all the things you need inside for you to make that happen, which you may not have outside of you, are step-by-step building blocks and a roadmap to get you to your destination. Over the
0: years, as we were building Pillar 5 and putting together the show, what we come to realize is that many business owners have started multiple businesses, and many of those businesses have gone out of business, and they all say the same thing. If they had an instruction manual when they started, they wouldn't have to deal with all of the pain and the emotional anguish that they went through in building their business. So... We put this show together specifically for you to bring you the building blocks that normally hold you back from achieving your goals. And we're providing them to you with the help of experts and with our special guests and our special host, Natalie Essman, Tayron Glover. And my name is Carlton Hoskins. Ooh. That's right.
1: <laughs> so whether you are joining us live or watching the replay, make sure you take your free business assessment at Pillar5.com. And join us live in our virtual studio, where we can address your comments and concerns throughout the show.
2: Indeed, and I'm really, really like to jump on the coattails of Carlton Hoskins. Excited about today's show. <laughs> hey, good. What's today? So, what, 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 <laughs> what are you going to hold us accountable to? What What are we talking about today?
1: So today we are on our special edition. We are talking about the five pillars of a thriving business we are going to uncover the mystery behind the five pillars that successful and sustainable companies focus on in order to thrive right so we're we're going to be talking about that and then also Um, about the five-pillar software which I'm really really excited about I love what you guys have created I'm super excited that you're our guests on the show today because uh, it's important what you do and I just am so grateful for the vision that you have the forward thinking that you have and the hearts that you have to go out and help entrepreneurs right as we've had this Trajectory of um, you know Robert Kiyosaki, shared lector they started the mindset right, but how do we know the how tos of business? And that's where a lot of people, I think, get stuck. You guys have have taken the guesswork out of that, and so let's talk about it. The five pillars of a thriving business. Who's going to get us started?
2: Well, I'll jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> you said something um, that was really interesting. It was like the how tos and the building blocks and how they go together, and uh what it seemed just over the years as we were building the tool is one of the problems with the how-to is what to, um, what is it that I'm doing? What pillar does it belong in? And, um, when is it time to actually put forth energy into that? Um, so in, before, before going deeply into it, uh, just to cover what the five pillars actually are, um, there's five pillars to sustainability. We found as we were uncovering all of this data, to find out why 24% of businesses consistently thrive after 10 years versus just the 74, I'm sorry, 76% who consistently do not exist after 10 years. And we noticed that there was concentrated energy and effort put into infrastructure, the management, the marketing, the finances, and the credit behind the business. so you can imagine if one person or a solopreneur was taking care of all of those pillars by themselves versus what that picture would look like if five specific experts who did nothing but that specific thing focused on that for the sake of that business owner's business. So those are the five pillars that we're addressing for sustainability.
1: That's awesome. You know, it's funny, too, because um, since meeting you guys and talking about the five pillars, I've asked quite a few people because to me, the numbers are staggering. Right. To think 74 percent of businesses will go out of business in 10 years. That's amazing. That is scary to think people have put their whole heart and soul all this time into their business, thinking that they're you know, having their legacy, their future, their retirement. And to think that the odds are not to get are for any of us is unbelievable to me so I started asking people do they know the five pillars of having a sustainable business I did not and I've noticed that most people do not know that so let's do you guys want to just dive deep into each pillar what you need to look at starting with pillar one or because this is important conversation right absolutely
0: absolutely um I I think we go back to Natalie as you mentioned Robert Kiyosaki's book when he speaks about the rich dad poor dad volume of that book um, in In that book, there's a scene where, and in my mind, it's visual, obviously. But in my mind, there's a scene where Robert Kiyosaki walks in and his rich dad, who happens to be the entrepreneur, not not the professor, um, is sitting down having coffee and he's got a group of experts around him. And those experts, if you really pay attention to the story, are management experts, financial experts, credit experts, marketing experts. And as attorney, who's your infrastructure, right? It's the DBAs, it's the EIN, it's how you register your entity, it's all of those components. And so if you look at Robert Kiyosaki, he's almost said it in a way, but no one's actually came out and just broke those components out and said, here are the infrastructure, here are the pillars that hold your business. So when I think about that from a sustainability perspective, as you were saying, it's like five pillars, right? Like our fingers and our business sits and rests on these. If one of these are, you know, not doing their part or they're not sustainable or they're weak, um, you can imagine that you're going to have this thing that's just going to topple. And that's the that's the emotional experience that the business owner goes through. You know, when they every day they go into their business and some days they feel really great. Some days they don't feel like the business is doing as good. They're overwhelmed with work. They're not sure what marketing aspects to touch. They don't know when to hire, when to fire. Do they need to add more people to their team? They don't know, uh, how do they get more funding? Wait a minute, banks aren't lending money. Okay, well, how do I apply for credit? How do I use my business to use credit and get into it? And so they're kind of lost because each one of those things require a sequence of steps and you don't just do everything at one time. It's almost impossible to do that, even when you're building a puzzle. The secret, if, if you're building a puzzle and you're listening, we always start with the outer edge, right? We all know that if we start with the outer edge, it makes putting in the middle easier. And and that's the same thing when you're building your business. You got to start with the outer edge. You got to make sure that foundation, quote unquote, is is um, stable. And if it's stable, then you can work on the pieces in the middle. Right. And eventually you will get it to go where you want it to go. So, Natalie, I I hope that answers some of that about the five pillars. Um, If you build a company and you don't have those five pillars in place, you're going to become a part of, and I and I hate to say it this way, you will. That person will become, or that business will become a part of the seventy six percent statistic Tehran mentioned, as as uh, mentioned by the Department of Labor that says startups after ten years, seventy six percent of them just do not exist. They fail for one reason or the other. You know, they decided to go a different way. Whatever the reason was, I
1: was going to ask know. you that: Is there a predominant reason? For most of them, like I know, um, just thinking about my industry, a lot of times what wipes out people's finances are health challenges. Right. Not having the proper health insurance in places or needing to go into retirement. So usually that's the biggest thing is health. Right. Not preparing for that. Is there a number one thing in business, typically, that people obviously having a solid foundation, but outside of that?
0: Right. So. it's, it is that. It is absolutely what you just said. It's the solid foundation. Uh, if you read anything from Forbes, Harvard Review, everyone has a different perspective depending on their expertise. Some will say lack of funding, lack of planning, lack of marketing, don't know their target market. All of those components are building blocks inside of those pillars. So at the end of the day, why did that company fail? Because their sustainability of those five pillars are weak. They are not sustainable. And so when a company is not sustainable, it can't thrive, it can't sustain, it can't thrive, it can't do anything. Um, Maintain is the word that many business owners find themselves saying, I'm maintaining my business. Um, Typically, what does that mean when we hear that? That means they're working in their business rather than on their business. Uh, Mom and pop coffee shop is the analogy I always use go to your favorite coffee shop. And if it happens to not be a Starbucks and it's a mom and pop coffee shop, you'll find that mom and pop are in that coffee shop serving. you. Mm -hmm. So there's a disconnect for the management. There's a disconnect for their ability to thrive because if both of them or any of them get sick, who covers? No, the store has to close, right? They say, well, I got to go on vacation. I'm going to Albania for vacation. Okay. And you go, okay, well, who's running your store? Oh, we're not, we're closing. Right? That reduces revenue. So that impacts all of that from a management perspective. So when you get into the pillars and we start talking about these pillars in just a moment, it's going to be very easy to understand. Number one, Natalie, as you say, one person, you've said this a thousand times on this show, one person can't run a business. There's too many components to it. If starting a business meant that you had to go to school to get a master's degree in management, a master's degree in marketing, a master's degree in finance, a master's degree in credit, both business and personal, and a master's degree in law. So you can run your business from a legal perspective. No businesses would exist today because I don't know of any company that the owner is a master of all five of those.
1: Yeah, right? even if they had all those degrees, experience is priceless, right? So they'd still have to go through <laughs> through everything and still, you know, figure it out, so to speak.
0: That is correct. That is correct. And that's why it's important to have that team around you. It's always important. You know, when you start building your business, the first thing we learned was you have to add team members, you know, even if it's in its infancy stage, because team members are going to bring insight and knowledge that you don't know. And if you don't know, what do we say? You don't know what you don't know. Right. right. And so you you lean on what you know. And <laughs> you go, Well, I know Facebook marketing, so I'm going to run the Facebook. But if you had a marketing expert on your team, he may go Mark. Facebook is not your market. You need to go somewhere else. You don't need to do that type of marketing. You need to do that, but you don't know what you don't know, so you pour all your money into this Facebook, and you right, don't right. get the results, and now you're upset, and you think someone bamboozled you. No, you fooled yourself thinking that our independent, we can do it all alone, and we can't.
2: Right. It's I impossible. I want to add to what something you say. Yeah, we don't know what we don't know, which, which directly causes us to overvalue what we do know because we think that's all we need to know in order to move forward. So to feel like we're being progressive instead of just being stagnant. An example that you used earlier too um, with the uh, mom and pop coffee shop, they go out of town, are they open? Like, no, we're closed. Well, let's say someone's listening who says, well, I'm still open because I get my nephew, niece, sister, brother, or uncle to run the store for me. Well, if that's your quick fix, that's not giving attention to the management pillar. So it's part of the structure of it. And this is why I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs have frustration in the help that they're getting, not caring about the business as much as them. How do I get people to care as much as me? You don't, because it's not their baby. It's yours. The value is different. So when, when we look at managing our company and all of the components in there that need to be managed and micromanaged, that's a whole agenda by itself. Um, And just like you said about team members and building partners, that never stops. That's what you do for a living when you're trying to build sustainable businesses, because there's always value components coming to you or resources coming to you from people who are smarter than you in specific fields. So that's what you should be looking for all the time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So Natalie, your, your question was, I believe your question was uh, let's jump into the five pillars and let's start breaking those five pillars down. Um, so let's just,
1: kind so of say something on the mom and coffee shop example that I find intriguing too, is that um, it, it just doesn't sound exciting, right? <laughs> to get up every day and just knowing that it's stagnant, you're doing the same thing. It's it seems tiring and a lot of energy and not a really a way that people would want to live their life. It's like, yeah, I want to have my own business but am I really living
0: right. I Really right. living
1: and enjoying life, right? And I think that's one of the biggest things that we have to look at as we're building these businesses and using the five pillars is what's gonna give us our time because that's our most valuable asset. Once it's spent, we don't get that back, right? right.
2: right. So um,
1: again, that's what I love because it's teaching the software, showing us where we're at and how do we, where do we need to shift to get to that next, you know, wherever we need to go as opposed to just us trying to figure it out, hoping something sticks and burning ourselves out in the process. So. Um, I know that I felt that way even when I did my own assessment with Tehran, that it was very, very eye-opening. And, uh, you know, you yeah. just can't argue with software, <laughs> right? <laughs> I remember, do you remember what you said to me, Tehran? Like, that's your feedback. You put that in there, right? I was like, we're <laughs> yeah. going a long time with this one. He's not afraid to tell me the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: Natalie said, What's going on? Something's wrong. How is this the case? Natalie, that's what you said. You put that data <laughs> yeah. in there. Absolutely.
0: You um, did the data. Yeah, so as we go into these pillars, uh, Natalie, we start talking about these. Number one, uh, if you're a solopreneur, and and I'm using that term really to identify self-employed, and I'm being very specific about the terms when I'm saying this. Self-employed means not that you work or you run your own business. Self-employed means, you, to me, you're working in your business. A good example of a self-employed person is a... Um, a landscaper, you'll hear me say that often, because typically your small landscape companies, they have their own trucks, you know, they drive around and they're cut, they do the work, they cut the grass, they do all the work, right? That's a person who's self-employed, they are a solopreneur, to the true sense, solopreneur, right? They're not positioned to grow, they don't care about marketing, their marketing is knocking on a door, you know, asking a person, "Hey, I'll cut your grass for a certain amount of money. Your grass is kind of tall. You need my help." I mean, that's a good pitch, right? And they get services, but the infrastructure is not there, right? They may not even be registered as a company. Um, the The financial piece is there. They may not have QuickBooks. They may not even keep up with any of that. They'll just take a check, put it in the bank, and hey, that's money made. And does it cover my parts? Great, I got more money. Uh, if I have more money left over at the end of the week than I did, um, if I have And he says, me, (laughs) Jamie says me. Yeah. Uh, So if you're, if you're doing this by yourself yet yourself, you're you're self-employed. And some of those individuals I've spoke to, they don't want a sustainable company. They're not looking to grow a big conglomerate. They're not looking to grow more than the amount of customers that they have. And they're satisfied with the fact that what they make is what they're making. They're okay with that. So, if you're that person and you're listening to the show, then yeah, infrastructure management, marketing, finance, and credit is probably not something you care about. You may have an interest in it because you think it's gonna propel you to the next level as an independent, but I assure you, you can't do that without adding team members. So if you're not interested in adding team members, then the five pillars of a business is not relevant for you. Mm -hmm. The five pillars are relevant if you consider adding more people because again, you cannot master all five of those and then go through the experience, as Natalie says, to know which how to work these pieces together and grow and make your business thrive. So uh, if you're not interested in growing your business or getting your business to thrive, then the five pillars don't matter to you. You know, right. you can disconnect and go watch Shark Tank and you know watch that that show. Um, But if you want to grow a sustainable business and you want your business to thrive and you're interested in bringing on more people, generating more revenue and growing to another level outside of the uh, $250,000 mark, which is where uh, 84.6% of businesses fall, less than $249,999, according to the Department of Labor, Um, if you want to be above that number, then Pay very close attention to these five pillars, um, and and truthfully, that's what this entire show has been about.
2: in the whole last episode, the whole last season, we talked about blocks inside of each one of those pillars. Right, right, yeah, and, I, and even this, and it's kind of double down on what you were saying, that what Natalie was saying, I think that's also key. Something that we found out, um, like the way you say that everybody doesn't want a sustainable business. And like Natalie, you're asking, well, are you really happy if you're working at the place? And some people actually are. So again, one of the things we touched on earlier was success versus sustainability. So we're not having a success conversation when we're talking about the five pillars, we're talking a sustainability conversation, the state that the company is going to be in. Um, some people will say, I will, so I don't get to go make the bake, the cakes and meet my guests downstairs every morning and talk to so-and-so about his cat. Oh, I don't want to do that. So that, it's not like you're wrong. If you don't, it's just understanding the difference. Our concern and our interest is on individuals, entrepreneurs who are trying to get to that next level, who are trying to have their company work for them, and, and it's not a secret; it's a system to it. So we want right. to system.
1: Do you think that most? I, I remember us having this conversation, and it was surprising to me. Do you think that that most people? Um, really don't want that or they think they can't have it
2: that's so good (laughs) that's so good because of conditioning the way you worded that question because if you ask a person do they think they can have it they won't say well no that's not true I've heard people say man you can't do that or that's not from you know we have reference points again that's really subjective Um, that's why that's why your circle of influence who you hang around they say things like have conversations with the winners, the conversations are different, have conversations with champions, the conversations is different, the same topics, but the perspective is different. So when we look into, as entrepreneurs, of idea and seed stage or a way to make money, we wanna make sure that we're pausing as aggressively as we wanna move forward because we understand what we're about to delve into is much bigger than how much money we're gonna make is how well can we develop a machine to consistently make that money to then scale
1: and then potentially sell too,
2: right? <laughs> sell, it, sell it, sell it, sell it. You yeah. know, well, Natalie,
0: that's that. Just real quick, uh, that that's one of the reasons why I like Michelle Tucker's book on um, Exit Rich. Uh, co-authored with Sharon Lecter, and and we've had both of them on the show. I'm so happy to have had them. Um, That's one of the things that I really took away from them is if you don't plan your exit at the beginning, then you kind of get lost in the middle of your business of not knowing what you're doing or what the end goal is for your business, right? Um, I'm not saying you have to know exactly how you're going to exit your business, but there should be a marker I want to grow my business to $130 million. And then, dot, 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 right? Even if you don't know for sure, you may say, I may want to go public. Um, I may want to sell it. Um, I may want to pass it on to the next generation. Um, I'm not sure what I want to do, but I want to grow my business to this number. At least when you start, it gives you a number that you're trying to achieve. And the first thing you understand, if you set a number, um, as Colette Portis used to say from Red Development, Be aggressive. Put your toes to the fire. Hold yourself accountable. You know, don't make these micro goals. Oh, I want to make five hundred thousand dollars. Like think big. Right. Right. If you're going to go into business, think big. Think five hundred million dollars. Right. Because then your energy is a lot different. When Mm -hmm. a basketball player sets off on the basketball court at the beginning of the season, they're not thinking I want to win this game. They're thinking I want to win the championship at the Mm -hmm. end of the season. Right. And so they play those games like they're all the championship game right? And we've heard this as we grew up in any sort of sport, you play the way you practice. So if you're lackadaisical in practice, you're going to be lackadaisical during the game, right? So if you're planning your business lackadaisical, you're going to operate your business lackadaisical, right? Right. 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 And if you're not thinking about team members, when the thought of team members come up, your first um, response to that is the Daffy Duck syndrome. I call it Daffy Duck, where in the cartoon, he he's shrunken down, by the giant, and he's grabbing his big old gem, and he's going mine, 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 right? And it's that mindset that I don't want to give out any of my money, or I don't want to give up any equity, or I don't want to pay anybody because I can keep all the money to myself. Yeah, you sure can. Good example. My mom, and I think I talked about this, Natalie, when we were talking about the cash flow quadrant. I just want to say this. And if my mom's watching, hi mom, love you. Um, she had a a, a commercial. Um, janitorial service. And she was cleaning several businesses in South Florida and she was doing really well. And I kept saying, mom, you need to get more people on your team. You need to get more people on your team. You need to stop cleaning and start focusing on contracts. Then when you can't do enough of that, hire someone to focus on contracts and focus on something else, right? Just back your way out of your business, work your way out of working. The goal isn't to be self-employed. The goal is to be an employee, I mean, the employer, right? Not the employee. Um, So if you, in that process, because she wouldn't do that, she was like, well, if I do that, then I'm not going to be able to get paid as much as I get paid, right? Because I'm working, so I get to keep it. Well, if you hire someone, you might only get 30 or 40% of it, but you can hire 10 people and 10 people on 40% is 400% versus 100%, so you just forexed your money. But if the mindset isn't right, so it goes back to all the story talk about we had in on the Better your Business show, the mindset's not right, applying these pillars to your business is going to be incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult because that individual is not going to want to release uh, the powers, if you will. Uh, they get into this control freak position Uh, And they're not looking at the processes and the systems to grow. They're looking, how do I maintain my income? The only thing they're focused on is my income today, where a true entrepreneur doesn't focus on income at all. True fact, Tehran and I have been running this company for five years uh, uh, and building it without income. Um, the, the, The purpose is, are you putting the processes and systems in place so that it can run itself? Because it'll benefit you far better right? Um, One of my mentors long ago said, Carl, you could sell something for a hundred thousand dollars, or you could sell one thing for a hundred thousand dollars, or you could sell a million things for one dollar. Which one would you prefer? Oh, well, that's an easy equation. I want the million because it's a million dollars. Doesn't sound big, you know, and, and I don't hate on coaches, but I know there are a lot of business coaches out there specifically who all talk about this Five figure coaching practice. Oh, five figure coaching, ten figure coaching. You know, go get a go go coach, and all these coaches are starting out telling clients that they need ten thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand dollars a month to coach these clients. Okay, I feel you, but eighty six percent of the market is generating less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. That immediately tells you that they can only focus on the fourteen percent. Right. Right. And remember. That means some of that 14% is still under 300,000 mark, Mm -hmm. under the 400,000 mark. So they can't afford to give away $10,000 a month to coaching. So the coaching market for large companies is Mm -hmm. really small. It's actually less than 7% that everyone's chasing for these multi-figure coaching Mm -hmm. clients. But they've abandoned the 99% of the businesses that support our economy, which are small businesses generating less than $250,000 a year. That whole market is neglected. That market has been neglected since 1990 and prior to. Um, I just have the stats up to 19 from 1990 to 2020. So for the last year, this death rate and their inability to thrive has been because coaches, and I love business coaches, I always tell someone, get a coach. Um, the coaches aren't focused on the small business owners because it's not financially rewarding for them, right? It's not financial rewarding, but you have a huge market. So if they would reduce their costs and go after the bigger market and automate the process, there's too much technology, right? You can even do it with pillar five, but I don't want to brand pillar five right now, but if they just automate that process rather than having four or five coaches, clients, they could do 4,000 clients on an automated system with a hundred dollars a client and generate, just Mm. listen to the numbers, right? You're not going to make that money in big clients. I'm just saying it is what it is, but that's the way the market is set up. And that's why we started working on these five pillars. Natalie. That's where it all began, right? When we realized business owners need to know how to do this on their own, or at least understand what they are so that they can get the experts to support them. Yeah. Yes.
1: Well, I even think about that in finance, right? I always use that analogy that, you know, if Oprah had a question or concern regarding her finances, the attorney, the CPA, all those people would show up to support her. And it's the same thing with our business. Why aren't we having those, you know, right people around us where we're just reaching out and they're helping us and letting them be the experts at what they're experts in, right? And having the infrastructure in place. Because what I think of with infrastructure is really paint by number to help us be duplicatable, right? We have right. that infrastructure. Structure in place, it's easy. We just give the uh, you know a three-year-old little paint-by-number; they're able to fill it in. Same for us. We just have to follow the play, and that it gives um, confidence. It gives uh, security to that. With a lot of times, people think entrepreneurship is such a risk, but if you have that infrastructure and you just follow the system you have certainty, you have consistency, you have all those things that we want as entrepreneurs. And to me, that's priceless, right? To have that security of, hey, I had somebody tell me um, at a really good size cash flow month, and and she was transitioning into being an entrepreneur. And, and she said, um, was talking about time and I said, I didn't know I was going to make that this much money this month. So and I worked this many hours. But let me ask you, would you put in this many amount of hours knowing you were going to make this amount of money as an employee? She said, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't know my final goal was, but there's, it's impossible for me to put in that many hours and not make that return. Right. But again,
0: right.
1: in that thinking. So it's awesome. Awesome. Yay. hey, So I'm excited. We're going to get more into the five pillars. We're going to take a quick break. Go refill your coffee cup. And we'll see you in a few.
0: A wise man once asked, what if starting a business was like jumping out of a plane? And like 76% of businesses, what if 76% of parachutes failed before you reached the destination? What about those of you who have already jumped? Well, you may still have time to check your business. Pillar5.com where businesses get it right.
1: And we are back with the founders of ID systems, Carlton Hoskins and Teyron Glover. We are going over the five pillars, <laughs> software, and the five pillars of having a thriving business. We've been talking about structure this morning. Shall we move on to, to uh, pillar two?
0: Uh, yes, but I, I do want to get into structure, infrastructure okay. for just a moment, because I don't know if we gave a really good, clear definition of what the infrastructure component was. Um, Now, of course, you can go to pillar5.com and and take your assessment and in there, as you're going through, it actually, there's short snippet explainer videos that breaks down each pillar of a business, just like there's short little snippet videos that break down each lifecycle stage of a business, right? So let's start. So the infrastructure component. Infrastructure really includes the, the development components of the business. These are typically the legal parts. This is getting your EIN. This is what type of uh, company you want to register. Is it an LLC? Is it an S corp? Is it a C corp? You know, is it a special corp? What What is it? Is it a nonprofit? What is your business, right? Um, making that decision sometimes seems easy when we look at YouTube and we watch all these videos. We think, oh, it's easy. Just get an LLC because of the partnership tax, and it passes through. Many business owners don't know that. And they don't get the pass-through component of it. And then they go, well, I want an LLC because that's what everybody else has. I don't want a sole prop because that sounds like a baby business, right? So I want to get a real company. I want to get an LLC. And they don't understand all the details behind it, especially for the state. Do you register in Wyoming? Do you register in Pennsylvania? Do you register in Texas? Do you register in your state? When and why not, right? That's not a simple task to do. It's not just, oh, go to LegalZoom and file, fill out the paperwork and file it. Anyone could do that, right? I'm sorry, but a monkey can do that. You can go figure it out, pay the bill, and okay, you're registered. But then next year when you get your annual uh, uh, tax uh, payment and it's 500 plus dollars and you go, well, why I didn't make any money? Well, because you didn't really do the research to understand what type of LLC you had and what state you were in. And you don't know where you're liable or if you got state taxes, like all of those are big deals. And there's so much more. The contracts for your partnerships, your NDAs, your your copyrights, your, uh, your, your, your patents. Your, oh my gosh, I could keep going. All of that falls under infrastructure. Every bit of that and more falls under infrastructure. So that's a huge piece. And when you're building your business, you don't just go, okay, I'm gonna do all the infrastructure pieces. I'm gonna do all the management pieces. I'm gonna do all the marketing pieces. It doesn't work like that, right? Um, Each piece has a specific time in the timeline of building your business, right? Many people say, register your company immediately, right? But you don't register your company before you've determined you've had a product that the market wants. You can't determine that you have a product that the market wants unless you built a community around your idea. You haven't built a community around your idea unless you've already first realized in the marketplace there's a need. You don't realize that there's a need unless you have a purpose. You don't know that there's a purpose unless you have, okay. I'm, I'm just kind of going in reverse. Right. You get it. Right. One requires the right. And it just goes step by step by step. But what business owners do, unfortunately, they just go to YouTube and they go, OK, I have an idea. I'm going to register it. I know all the pieces that I need. I'm going to start selling it. Oh, and I know a guy who markets it like this. So I'm going to do the same thing. And they we think that's it. That's the magic. And it's going to work. And thousands of dollars later, we go, oh, my gosh, why did I even do this?
2: Right? right. And that's where the failure comes in. Right. Yeah. You can't compete. I'm going yeah, to repeat this probably throughout this show that, like you said, we know what we know we don't know what we don't know. And what we don't know tends to cause us to overvalue what we know and then okay. we become our own consultant. We become our own business coach. And then we stop listening to information mm-hmm. different from the information we have because we think it's going against our goal in business. Um so like you're saying with the infrastructure, it's, it's, it's such an entire look. When, you, when you're talking to someone who's building a company, utilizing those pillars, they can be in the same industry as somebody else that's a solopreneur who hasn't built them. Those two conversations sound totally different, totally different. We're talking about the same exact thing and they can make the same amount of money, generate the same amount of revenue at that time, not over time, though. One will be sustainable, scale, be automated. The other will be more hours in and more hours in as money is depleting, trying to save it, not wondering, not knowing why. So, uh, so uh, someone told me years ago, there's no such thing as smart and stupid, and there's no such thing as hard and easy. These are figments of our imagination. There is only exposure. Once you expose me to a thing, I'm now aware of it. So if you ask me to build you a car, I'm going to say it's hard. If you ask my mechanic to build you a car, he's going to say it's easy. If you put me under the hood of a car for 45 days straight and feed me through a straw, guess what's easy? Mechanics. Because i have been exposed to it diligently, consistently. Laser focus and consistency. That's the system right there.
1: So where do you so where should people start? Let's just say that I'm all of a sudden, hey, I want to start this business. So where where, where do I start? Do I just, you know, do I I mean, I've learned so even when we had Colette on the show, and I think about when she was talking about marketing and product. I see so many things that I did backwards. So, you know, for that person that. Hasn't started in business yet and they're thinking about infrastructure and all those things like where do you start? Do you go to pillar five and go, "Okay, this is where I need," you know, this is where I need to get started or this is my idea. Do you reach out to someone like Colette? Where do you start?
2: I would say me. I would say find people who have successfully accomplished what you're trying to do and have a conversation. Because it's a different conversation that's going to start you into this race than you are with somebody that, you know, like and trust that you just want to hear them agree with you or say, Mm -hmm. yeah, to. And then that'll be a charge to start. And if you have that same conversation with someone that says, listen, I lost hair. I got gray. It was all worth it. But this, that, and they have different things to talk about because they have something that's. They have the wisdom, the experience of the process. So mm-hmm. I think it was Michelle Tucker again who said never, never, never take advice from people who have not successfully accomplished that which you are trying to achieve. Just lock in.
0: You know, my answer would be a little bit different, but I do agree with what Tehran said. My answer would be different, and and here's why, and this was obviously the reason we built Pillar 5, is to provide the sequence of steps that a business owner needs to take in the right step at the right time. Uh, to date, other than Pillar 5, there is no system that does that. There's no book that breaks that down. There's no roadmap, there's no instruction manual. Pillar 5 is your GPS in business, period, right? So without, you know, branding our own selves, and I am. um, uh, Pillar Pillar five is the way to go. Um, Obviously, if I'm starting a business, first thing I'm gonna start with purpose, right? Once I get that purpose, then I need to decide if there's a need for it in the market, right? Let's just think about this. We could look at the market and say, everyone loves water. Everyone needs water, okay, except the person who lives next to a spring that has a well that gets their own water. Well, they're not interested in buying your water because they've been drinking that well water for so long that that well water has a certain flavor to them. So if you come across with all this other funky water, avian water and Boss water and all this other water, they're going to go, my whole family grew up on this water and we're all healthy drinking it. I don't need your water. So if that's the market you're trying to serve, you're not going to do very well, right? Right. You get into the water business right now, just look, listen to the names you're about to compete with. Nestle. Let's just pause for a second. Walk into Walmart, there's an aisle, both sides, full with water from top Shit. to bottom, all the way back, right? So you have to know your market. This is why, again, that's the marketing piece, right? So you got purpose, infrastructure, marketing, who who are you going to serve, do they want it, will they pay for it? Right. Okay. So then that's the marketing. Now, management. How are you going to process it? How are you going to deliver it? How are you going to get it to them? That's both management and infrastructure. Right. And now it includes finance because how are you going to get the finance? Okay. So I, I'm again, I'm just running down this rabbit hole. Rather than clenching to the things that look entertaining and the things that look fun, do the things that are in the right step. Right. We don't put a roof on a house until the roof into the house is built right we don't put windows on the wall until there's a wall like logic right um but in business that logic doesn't really apply and it's not in place so when you say what step my answer is go to pillar five and it'll tell you exactly what you want to do step by step by step because even if you do and again i agree with tayron you should be talking to others who have experienced it so they could be your mentors and can help you and provide you with some experience experience and wisdom that they've had um you're still grasping that information because if they tell you how they market it and you're in the infancy stage, your thought process is going to be, okay, I just need to market it like this. And you forget all the SWOT analysis that you need to do, you know, the initial price and product services that you need to do, all that other work gets blown away because you don't think it's relevant to you. And that's where it gets dangerous in the business. If we just pick up things along the way and implement what we pick up, it's a bad day for that business, right? there has to be structure. And so you begin in pillar five and you don't really, it's not gonna pick based on the pillar, it's based on the task that needs to be done for the business to go along the process. And we've actually eaten our own dog food. We drank our own champagne, if you will, (laughs) from building pillar five. So we walked through all of those steps and we we have to go back and make some adjustments. It wasn't perfect when we did it, right? Um, But people start their branding I see this on Shark Tank, and I'll, be, I'll make this short. I've seen people on Shark Tank go on Shark Tank and they pitch their product, right? And everyone loves it, but then they go, but we need to change your packaging. We need to change your designs. And then, then they go, "But well, why? And they go, because that doesn't encourage the market. That doesn't make sense to the market. They don't understand what you're selling just by looking at it. So that means something has to happen. There has to be change. Well, you could have avoided that change and that outpour of money, into building that first initial brand if you had someone in marketing assisting you at the very beginning, that would have been clear and you wouldn't have had that issue, right? But now you got to go back and rebrand because you didn't have that. Now you got to go back and set up your financials because you didn't have that. And so we find ourselves taking 10 steps back as entrepreneurs to get forward because we missed all this stuff. Pillar five is not going to allow you to miss it. It's going to back you up and it's going to make you start from the beginning. And if you got it, great. And if you haven't done it, then you get it done. And you move to the next task it becomes it takes the mystery away.
1: Yes, that's what I love. And that's what they like for finance. One of the things I love about finance is it's black and white. There's no guesswork involved in it. Right. And that's what I love about the pillar five software is it gives you exact feedback. It's not based on perception. It's not based on belief systems. It's not based on ego. It's based on straight fact. So, you know, OK, this is where I need to shift. This is what I need to do next, because we can be getting all this different feedback and it's all this different feedback. It can be overwhelming. Which one do I do this work for this person or that person or whatever. But this is just straight fact. This is what you do. Black and white. Do it or don't do it. That's it. And I love that. No guesswork, no emotion, no color.
2: <laughs> That's right. When you said it, Natalie, because one of the, one of the great things about the tool that sequences, everything, like Carlton said at the right time and Um, By now, everyone's aware of the algorithms that's available with Siri, Google, Alexa. I was just talking about that. Now it's on your phone. And we have these joking conversations about a real situation we're in. in, If everybody's saying that same joke, it's not funny. Okay, so there's an algorithm that can hear then provide what you're talking about. Everybody who's going to see this show or have this kind of conversation has experienced it. I was just talking about it. Now it's in my feed. So if I'm having a conversation about marketing, if I'm having a conversation about credit, I'm having a conversation about infrastructure, and then I get information about it, oh, this must be what I'm supposed to do right now. And this helps to, to, to mess up the, the, the simplicity of color-coded sequential puzzle pieces because the information is true, but the timing, when should it be done? And uh, again, the Double Down with Carlton just said, do you know what to do to get the market. Do you know what you know and don't know what you don't know? So now you overvalue what you know so you don't value experts and what they know. We had a conversation with Todd Social. This man blew me away. I sat there with my, if my ears had jars, they would have been dropped to my shoulder. <laughs> but the way he spoke about marketing and I come from a, a sales and telemarketing uh, background. I could tell you, I can slice and dice up certain things about sales and marketing. I used to train people to do that and to understand it so that they can be effective when they went to execute. Man, listen, when this young man started talking about the placement of groceries in the grocery aisle and the color coordination to it and how getting products to communicate to you through the way that all of this stuff that's done, I don't want to go anywhere near marketing pillar five with that type of expertise around because they're gonna bring things to the table I'm not capable of. It doesn't mean I'm anything less than I am, but I respect when I can see something that's, um like experts, period. Finan- I, I I can say things about finances, I can say things about financial planning, but if someone comes to me and asks me about that, I say, you got to talk to Natalie S. She's your financial expert Um, because that's just the ecosystem we have to start cultivating. That's what we try to, Kind of personify inside of the software. So there's something walking around doing that without being the heavy or being or making people feel like the bad guy. It's just the one telling you, hey, it's binary. This or that. You do this, yes. Okay, go to the next one. You didn't do this, okay. Well then you don't got nothing else to do but that.
1: (laughs) Right. You gotta pass this level to move to the next one, right?
2: Yeah, we don't want we don't want your subscription. We want your sustainability to exist because then that testimony speaks something different. So we're not worrying about hitting you in pocket. We are worrying about making sure you have a sustainable company. We get out. We collectively get up out of this dark of it's okay not to know and just do. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because now you're representing 76% of the people. So if everybody's an idiot, that doesn't make it cool to be an idiot. Right. Awesome. Nobody's an idiot,
1: though.
0: <laughs> Nobody. So let's break down management. Natalie, you said you wanted to go to second one, so we can actually get all of those in. Um, and I'll start that off for us, really quick. Uh, for for management, um, I, I think management speaks for itself, right? Uh, management to me includes your executive team. It includes your mentors, your advisors, um, employees, if you have them. Um, uh uh interns if you have them developing your sops getting those things in place executing your sops communicating and uh, communication with inside of the team uh making sure everybody understands the mission and the vision of the vision of the company uh everyone's speaking the same language they all have the same energy they all have the same um goal they, they're all goal oriented for the mission of the company um so management is just not oh i manage a person this is management of a business. This is a lot different management of a company from the top, from the most high senior level. So this is all of that. So when people talk about executive leadership and getting your executive leaders right and time management, all of that, if the word management follows, it's going to fall in to with inside of this, because even in my management, management sometimes has to handle some of the marketing team, because your managers or your executives needs to communicate with your marketers, right? Because you don't want uh, finance is going out to marketing. That doesn't make sense. And so finance doesn't just marketing just doesn't say, Hey, I need a $10 million budget. And finance goes, okay, here, no, there's someone in the middle. Who's that? It's management. Who is it? It might be a C-suite might be the founder. You don't know who that is. Right. But it's just, it's someone in that organization. So management's a huge, piece, a huge piece, And again, if you're not an expert in all things of the management, whether it's communication, leadership development, <laughs> um, uh, uh time management, building a team, HR. Oh, my gosh. It, this is this includes the insurance components that Natalie talks about. You're getting insurance. There needs to be someone in there that's talking to them to understand how this applies to the company and the benefits of the company. That's a management component, right? Um, so all of that has to be wrapped up inside of management. So if I do one thing in this whole dialogue, it's really to help a person understand is that you can't master all of it. And if you do... By the time you do, uh, you
2: know, even software tools fall into that communication. How are the teams communicating with each each other? I can be a great communicator, but I need to understand what software is going to allow this department to communicate with that department um, to not make it all convoluted. Because, again, it's managing the entire company, which is different from engineering. what does the company need? You know, as far as, you know, communication wise. So there's just a you got to really care. I mean, you got right to care it's not about this goes past the money, man. you got to really care about this thing.
1: Yes, I think that's such a great point to too, because I was just getting one of my questions. We were talking so much about management. And I know in my previous jobs, you know, management a lot of times has been an issue because it can be not leadership based, more dictatorial based or, you know, um, you know who's in the club base or this is who i hung out with over the weekend or, or whatever i mean we see it all the time or um, you know i feel like this person's excelling more than me so i don't want to you know give them extra hours at work so management is a lot because you have to make sure they're able to jive with the team and lead the team and build great relationships with the team still have empathy but set boundaries and accountability
2: hmm. right that's right yeah totally total different skill set from finances totally different skill set required to be responsible and meticulous enough for the infrastructure pillar, totally different mindset than the knowledge needed to, to, to understand the process and timing for credit. So they're 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 almost like different people with different focuses because they're different pillars. They all look like the same thing because they're like pillars, but they're different pillars that support the company. They have to be respected with the utmost if you respect the building that they sit on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it kind of
1: seems like the only one that's feelings-based is the management, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Am I missing something on that or more a no, little
2: bit it, more? It, 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 To me, Now, me and Carlton may not see out of eye on this, too. We, we don't see eye on a few things, but we get the job done. If, if feelings are involved, you don't belong in that spot. To me, your feelings are for the company. So I can't, I'm not, I, I'm not afford, uh, Steve Covey had a great book, You Can't Afford the Luxury of a Negative Thought. And he talked about why and what that does inside of your psyche, your subconscious mind, which is what we really are, all of us right now, we're expressing our subconscious mind. Very little of our conscious mind is actually here with us, even if people watch it. We, we, we express our subconscious mind through our conscious state. But like 90 is some crazy number, like 98% of mm-hmm. us is like subconscious. But um, he, the, the book was, you can't afford the love of a negative thought because of the things that's carried to you. You can't afford to like and not like people this is not that. There is no like and not like. Other guys say, Bill Murray, there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> I'm not worrying about... you know. So there's empathy. So you have to care about people because you need... Because it's a human thing. We're so messed up, kind of, that we think caring is like... I'm not saying that it's like a bad thing to care about people. I'm saying there's a place for everything. So I would much rather... And maybe that's why I wouldn't be a good manager in certain positions. Um, if if there's a liking or or emotional thing going on, this just can't be for you. Maybe just not right now. Maybe to just go, you know, because if I ever bring my personal stuff to it, I need to go. That's how I feel. If I come here with dragging stuff from that's real and true, and I got to deal with, it and I'm trying to balance this and the other, and so and so said this statement, and it triggered me, and made me feel this way. Any of those words don't belong anywhere in the management pillar. But nowhere. How does that affect the baby how does that affect the building so it becomes real binary you know which is why a person that's a manager at mcdonald's may not be the best manager for the 500 company or your company
1: well it makes me think is that the difference between men and women
2: <laughs> too right <laughs> yeah true sometimes sometimes i know stern women too that act like they have no emotion when it comes to business yeah. but they have they have emotion you know they just don't let it get in the way of business. I know men that are very emotional and let it get in the way of business. So I think it really goes beyond male and female. It's just priority. this This is appropriate behavior. This is not appropriate behavior for the sake of the business plan and the mission, not the culture that we're at or the restaurant that we're at. The vision statement, the mission statement, the business plan dictates appropriate and inappropriate behavior
1: right so really you're talking about the value systems and what the company stands for and as long as those are aligned that's really all that should matter
2: that's right right. that's right i'm that manager that would say after a person says where does that fit in our mission statement where do i place that in our vision statement okay how do i apply that to the business plan and if it can't then we see we've gotten off track so all of the issues are real but they don't belong. they don't they don't belong in this room or maybe not in front of this particular Mm -hmm. audience
0: Yeah, I remember hearing something uh, or saying things long ago when I was in the military and plus in my C-suite positions and other positions inside of companies was always there was this clarity. When you walk in the office, you leave your personal life at the front door. And when you leave this office, you leave your work right here in the office and you pick up your personal life and you go on. Don't mix the two. That's right. So when you're building a business, it's the same thing. Your 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 emotion should have triggered you to build your business, but the components of your businesses are not emotional. That's right.
2: That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep.
1: Well, and there's that saying too: people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Mm. Right. So that that makes me think about people that I've worked with, too, that clearly didn't care. Um, And I had to stop and ask myself, why do I care more than them? when it's, when it's mm-hmm. not my business right here. I'm here doing my job. And so right. it, it made me at times feel like, why do I want even want to be a good employee? They don't care. I could right. come here and do the bare minimum. yeah, And
2: I've been those examples and that's the part of the, to me, that's the part of the human, I guess is what we're talking about, compassion part that a person needs to be able to balance. Again, so where does that apply? Well, is that person um, valuable? To the baby <laughs> well then that person may let you know you're slipping you know when when i remember when i was until i would say the same thing carlton said when i was uh, uh managing telemarketing offices i say listen man keep that stuff outside i guarantee you all those problems that you got will be right there waiting for you at four o'clock to log out <laughs> only thing you can do from now till four o'clock is adjust that with your finances you get to do that while you're on the clock but don't bring it in here but they knew I cared about them fixing that problem. That's why I was saying it versus I don't care how what you're going through. Your problems aren't my problems. couldn't be that kind of dialogue. It's like, wait a minute. If I just on straight callous, you know, I have to care enough about the whole picture to say, wait a minute, no, I'll come and defend this person. And it may come across as he likes her or he's favoritism towards him. No priorities are in order. We're slipping. We don't get the slip. We don't do that here.
0: Right. And Jamie's right. Within that mindset, people remain on the left side of the quadrant back to the casual quadrant. You know, they get stuck on that side of the quadrant because they can't release that emotion. Uh, It's not binary. It's subjective at that point. So when I look at that quadrant, it's the left side is subjective and the right side is objective. Right. 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 One's, one's action taking and one is part of an action. So, uh, uh, there's one setting up processes and one is trying to get to the end result. You know, we could do different dynamics on that. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to talk about marketing too, and I don't think we're going to be able to get through all these pillars today. We're really riding on these pillars. Uh maybe, maybe we just start this one off, and then next week we come back with a part two and finish, because, oh my gosh, we will not give financing credit. And credit, oh my gosh, that is such a huge component that needs to be addressed. So, um, finance, let's just jump into that and hopefully we can get some of that done, Tehran. Um, and Natalie, you're the money expert, so you understand this, you know, better than Tehran and I both, and it just so happened that Tehran and I both were sales consultants for, independent sales consultant for a financial company whose focus was helping small businesses build business credit, and not just small businesses, any business, build business credit and then get funding, mm-hmm. right? Here's the thing. Here's what started us on this mission of developing Pillar 5. What we realized is there was a handful of people and a nice size pe- group of people going through and getting their credit built up, and then some of them were getting funding, and their businesses were still feeling the pain. They still couldn't thrive. They still couldn't become sustainable because they weren't focused on the five pillars. And at then, Tehran and I didn't know them as the five pillars. We right. had no clue, right? What we did realize were, we were focused on some things, but not all things. So we used to say you have to take a holistic look at your business before you apply for funding. A holistic look at your business when you're building your credit, because it applies to the entire business. Finances touch every component of your business, right? So that's a huge deal. And I think I jumped past marketing. So I want to back up uh, uh, on that. But 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 that's what brought us into this industry. So I'm. Gonna, and that's why we decided to figure it out because we still saw businesses failing. And so, because we saw that, we decided we need to go look at this holistically. 18,000 hours, that's my hours. Tehran's got 18,000 hours plus. Everyone on our team has got thousands of hours in this research. So you're talking about a company that has put over 60,000 hours in research behind Pillar 5 before we said, okay, this is how it's gonna work and this is how it should work, and this is how it helps. Um, and this is why we know it, it it works, because it looks at the whole picture. It doesn't take your blood pressure and make a decision. It takes your blood pressure. It takes your blood. It takes your temperature. It takes your heart rate. It takes everything about your business. And then says, this is the thing that's out of whack. <clears throat> this is the thing you need to focus on. Um, but I did jump past the marketing piece, and I'm sorry about that. But, wow, we're, we're gonna have to come back. Natalie, Natalie can we come back we and do this? Now.
1: <laughs> that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad that um, we got to come back and talk about it more because this is important stuff. And um, I just love it. It just, you know, just as we talk, I just, Jamie, go take the assessment, pillar5.com, right? Check it out, right? (laughs) Give us some feedback. We'll see you next Monday. But, um, you know, it's just such an awesome program. And I know how hard you both had to work to put this together and all those hours and the team that you guys are working for. And I'm just so grateful for just have met you guys and being on this journey that we're on to help entrepreneurs. And um, it's exciting to just know uh, that we're making a difference for entrepreneurs. And I just, I love that you guys are such forward thinkers. And um, even though we're talking about software, I do know that you guys really do care and um, and I appreciate that so much. So
2: appreciate you young lady. yes (laughs)
1: so founders of id system carlton hoskins tayron glover talking about the five pillars all right jamie love it five (laughs) pillars of sustainability we'll be back next week diving deeper on the subject we'll see you guys then